Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Rappaport Stereo Podcast is here. Higgity, have no fear. On today's brand new Bang and I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, Rappaport's reaction to Rihanna. Oh, yeah. Rappaport's reaction to Rihanna. Uh, my wife went to go see Magic Mike starring Channing Tatum, and she hasn't been the same since. Plus, my dissertation on the bad news Brooklyn Nets Big three that's finally come to an end. All that and more in a fantastic, hard-hitting, fully disruptive I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast coming up right now. Miles Jordan, a.k.a. the Bleach Brothers, a.k.a. the Diggity Dust Brothers. Start this puppy off with something real nice. Start this puppy off with something real loud. Yes, but most importantly, start this puppy off with something real funky. It's the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Liggity, let's fucking go. Have no fear, the Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast is here. Welcome to the Iron Dome of Disruption. Welcome to the Ziggity Zone of Diggity Disruption. Hope everybody's feeling safe. Hope everybody is feeling sane. Hope everybody's feeling really, really, really good. My name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. the Gringo Man Dingo, a.k.a. the King of Cashmere. You see it. A.K.A. the Sultan of Sniff. A.K.A. the Inflamed Ashkenazi. A.K.A. the Gringo Man Dingo. A.K.A. Mr. New York. A.K.A. Magic White Mike. I'll get to uh, Magic Mike in a second. 
I'm Rapport Stereo Podcast back. Thank goodness. Oh my goodness. Back in New York City, Nueva York, or Nueva York. Back in New York. Man, oh man, I have been on the road, man. Yo, I've been away for 25 days. 25 days away from home. I didn't realize how long this trip was going to be. I didn't realize how long and arduous these last 25 days were going to be. But I made it back. I went from Orlando to almost two weeks in New Orleans to Phoenix, where I did five shows, to Los Angeles, where I did this, that, and the third, back to Phoenix, and then back to New York. And let me tell you something. There is nothing like sleeping in your own bed. And I stayed in some nice hotels, your own bed, hotel beds. God, first of all, have you ever been in a hotel and, and just thought to yourself, who the hell knows what happened in here? Probably less than 24 hours ago. And you're laying in that same bed like things are Gucci. You could feel the indentations from people, other people's bodies in every hotel bed. You sleep in. I try not to pay attention to it. Otherwise, it'll make you sick. But I'm back. I made it back. Had no problems. Had a little flight delay. I'll tell you one thing. I've talked about these pilots on these planes. Talked about these pilots on these planes. And they sit there. First of all, the flight attendants dial it down, man. I don't know why you got to talk so loud. They come in there with the shocking, shocking high volume. Please do this. Please do that. Please do this. Please do that. They're walking down the aisles looking if you got bags and if you seatbelts and all that. They're... The pilots are all, thank you this, thank you that. Well, I finally did it. I finally did what I said I was going to do. So when I was flying from Phoenix to Los Angeles, we had a pretty uneventful flight. It's about an hour flight, if that, might be even 50 minutes. A little turbulence. And then we land, and it literally felt like when we were landing, the plane just dropped out of the sky. Like, like it was like it was like 10 feet from landing. And then instead of landing smoothly, he just was like, ah, oh, screw it in. Plop. Boom. There's no announcements for that. There's no buckle your seatbelt up. There's no... Uh, you got to pay a dollar fifty for the drinks, and we don't take credit card. There's none of that. None of that. They don't acknowledge that. It literally feels like you dropped us the last ten feet before we landed. Where you're like, and I'm like checking my neck. Do I have whiplash? So when we're getting off the plane, I see the pilot standing outside his door with his big shit eating grin, sitting there. Uh huh. I said to him, my wife passed him first. I said to him, nice landing, bro. Nice landing. He looked at me like he was offended. What do you want, a tip? You're standing there like you want us to acknowledge you and salute you. You don't acknowledge that you dropped us the last 20 feet onto the cement and no one says anything. There's so many announcements about every single thing about, except for the fact that we literally got startled Right before we hit the ground, I said to the pilot, nice landing, bro. And I thought he thought maybe I was joking or whatever. Said it to him. 
I want to let him know. That's a, a check mark. Like, my wife was asking me the other day, she said, how do they pick the Super Bowl referees? And, and I said, it, it's like a, a scoring system. You know, they pick the very best referees and the, the referees' supervisors, the referees' bosses, they go, this guy's the best at this, this guy's the best at And then they put the best team together. And obviously, if you don't make it to the Super Bowl because you have demerits. I gave that pilot a demerit. You got demerited, homie. You got a point off. And the fact that they don't say anything about it, they don't state the obvious about the obvious, is offensive to me. If you're going to talk all through the flight, pat yourselves on the back about this, oh, we're, we're here 17 minutes early, beautiful day in Los Angeles, California. You're going to say all that? Then say, yo, I, I just did a fucked up landing. That was a fucked up landing, people. And I apologize I truly apologize. I don't know what happened. I don't know. I was on Instagram. I was doing my Snapchat. I apologize. We're safe. Sorry for scaring the shit out of you. Because that's what you just did. You just scared the shit out of me, pilot. And when you sit there, when I'm walking off the plane, like, oh, with your hair on your suit and all that I say, nice landing, brah. But I am back. I am glad to be back. I have to first talk about the passing of Dave Trugoy, Dave the Dove, plug two from De La Soul. The other day, everybody found out that he passed away. And what a very, very sad, sad piece of news to find out. Because obviously, um, his friends, his family, first and the fans, and just the loss of somebody who means so much to hip-hop culture, which essentially means so much to popular culture, and De La Soul, man, such an underrated, unique, groundbreaking, one-of-a-kind, influential, influential group, not just for their music, which... I have to say that Dave and Poss, totally underrated MCs. Completely underrated because when you think of De La Soul, you think of like one group married together. And that's a great thing about being in a group. But that's also, I feel like, why individually they never got their kudos as individual separate MCs. Because they're both ridiculous and have been consistently ridiculous since the day they came out. 30 years ago. And everybody remembers when De La Soul came out, like their vibe, the colors, you know, this Daisy Age thing from Long Island, Maceo from Brooklyn, but their whole like beads, peace and love. And if we thought that like Tribe was on the peace and love uh, flow, De La, when they first came out with Three Feet High and Rising, you were like, yo, what are these guys on? They were just like their interviews. I've looked at some of their interviews since we found out about this. And like, you were just, I just remember like, yeah, what's up with these dudes? This is at a time where it was like Eric B and Rakim, Cool G Rap and Polo, Big Daddy Kane, KRS One, you know, EPMD. Like it was hardcore hip hop, Kumo D. And then here comes these dudes that are like, just like, I don't know if these dudes were smoking weed at the time, but it just seemed like they just were on mushrooms and whatever. 
And when you first heard that plug one, plug two, plug one, and the beats, and the production, of course, at the time, Prince Paul, and just the way they looked, and the way the videos were shot, and then they went on with the balloon mind state, and the De La Soul is dead, and just a, a terrible loss, and, you know, they finally got the rights to their music, which is all being released Well, they'll be finally getting the profits March 3rd, which I'm going to make sure to do something to... We have to buy their music because they've been getting shitted on for years and taken advantage of for years because they made bad deals when they were teenagers, literally teenagers. Imagine being 16, 17, 18 years old with this dream of making a record. You're going to sign whatever. So they got fucked over by the music industry. This like so many other people in every genre, every genre, rock, hip hop, blues, uh, jazz. People have been screwed over by the music industry since the start of the music industry. But it's just devastating to find out that there will be no more De La Soul shows. I've seen them perform so many times throughout the years. Seen them perform uh, before I had met them. Seen them perform on TV, on MTV. Seen them perform when I met them. I remember meeting all three of those dudes, Maceo, Poss, and Dave in LA. It was probably like 93, maybe 94. I had done a few movies because they knew who I was. And I was shocked. I met him at, I think it was the Palladium in LA. And I was like, yo, I'm such a big fan. There were three of them together, which is always bugged out when you see like an entire group together. And I was like, yo, I'm such a fan. Like, yo, we're a fan of yours. And I was like, I was tripping that they said that. And I remember I went to Old Westbury, SUNY Old Westbury for one semester, my one semester in college. And Dave used to be up there at the college. And it's like De La Soul, Dave from De La Soul, True Goy the Dove is, you know, he'd be up there. He had a friend up there and I'd see him. And, you know, I was just a student there, but I was bugging because it's like, that's a crazy thing about growing up in New York City. You would see stars, hip-hop stars, like on the train, on the bus, in clubs. I remember seeing MC Light on the bus one morning on my way to Erasmus Hall High School when she had her joints out. And I'm like, MC Light on the bus. You know, you'd hear about Q-Tip and Ali Shaheed Muhammad at Murray Bertram High School. You know, dudes were in, they were teenagers. They were teenagers. It's crazy. Like those dudes, Rakim, Big Daddy Kane, Bismarcky. Like, I mean, I could go name on and on and on, but them groundbreaking dudes from the 80s, these were teenagers. The majority of these motherfuckers, when they first popped off, were teenagers. When I was in Erasmus Hall High School, the year after I left, Special Ed came out and he was in Erasmus High School with, with me. It was crazy. And uh, when I got to uh, do the Beach Rhymes in Life, the Travels of a Tribe Called Quest documentary, the first people that we interviewed is all three members of De La Soul in a trailer before they were doing the Rock the Bell show. And some of that interview is in the movie. I have to get that full interview and find those clips and put it out. Because they broke down, you know, the origins of De La. They broke down the origins of native tongues. They broke down their relationship with Jungle Brothers. They broke down their relationship, of course, with Tribe Called Quest and... It's a dope interview. I think I interviewed those dudes, all three of them dudes for about an hour and 45 minutes and they gave me everything. And just to speak specifically on Dave, the nicest, coolest, calmest, chillest, 
most laid back in the cut, easy going. Yeah, nobody would have anything bad to say about this dude. And um, always cool, always just doing his own thing. And just, you could just see his disposition. You look at those young pictures of him when he first came out in Dayla. That's who he was. Just like this, had this really calm, like sweet, nice, humble vibe about him every single time I saw him. And I guarantee you everybody would have the same thing to say about Dave from De La Soul, and all three of them dudes, all three of them dudes consistently always cool, chill, nice, calm, humble, and just regular dudes. So what a shame, what a sad, 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 disappointing, devastating thing, I'm sure, first and foremost for his family, for the fans, and for music, because we'll never see a De La show. And De La... You could see their show one time, 20 times. They always put on a dope live show. Always put on a dope live show. They prided themselves on it. They made a lot of money doing it. They toured around the world doing it. So shout out to De La Soul, uh, their fans, uh, their family, and just appreciate. And remember March 3rd, buy an album, download the album, stream the album, give De La uh, some of the uh, the credit and the financial due that was taken away from them for all these years. And I'll, dig, I'll make sure to remind everybody, March 3rd is the day all six albums come out. So buy it as a gift. Buy some vinyl. Find out, I'm going to find out the exact way the money gets to them. Because I know streaming is one thing. Whatever. They deserve everything because they they changed the game. De La Soul literally changed. They changed hip-hop. They changed popular culture they changed music and uh, you you look at going into the super bowl you look at so much of hip-hop whether it's blatant whether it's obvious or, or whether it's just little slangs being thrown out by the broadcasters whether it's little slangs being thrown out during the commercials hip-hop is all over the place and one of the true groundbreaking groups that started it at a time, like I said, where it was Dookie Chains, it was Dapper Dan shit, it was thuggish, ruggish bone, it was, yo, even if you were on that KRS-1P shit, like, it was rough. Hip-hop was rough, it was macho, it was, you know, Dapper Dan joints, it was baseball, it was, and Daylight came with this whole other vibe, a whole other thing, uh, and they started it. They were one of the first ones uh, to do that along with Jungle, along with Tribe, along with Queen Latifah, Moni Love, and that whole Native Tongues click. But they were pff, right there. So shout out to them. I am Rappaport Podcast. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Stereo, get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees, iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. I've given myself the nickname White Magic Mike. Added on to my longtime nickname, White Mike. Because my wife and a bunch of her girlfriends on Super Bowl Sunday before the game started, they went to go see Channing Tatum in Magic Mike's Last Dance. And let me tell you something. My wife goes to see all the Magic Mike movies as soon as they come out, like a lot of women do. They love this Channing Tatum. I mean, they love this guy. It's like a ritual. It's like a religious experience. I saw the first Magic Mike. I believe Steven Soderbergh directed it. And I had enough. I had enough abs and dicks in my face in a ginormous screen. No disrespect. I got it. I understood it. I didn't need to go see part two and Magic Mike part three. But the ladies do. God bless them. And I rock with Channing Tatum. He's a dope actor. I've met him. He's chill. He's cool, calm, collective. Got a dope career. Built a franchise around slinging dick. Channing Tatum has made an entire franchise around slinging dick. Respect. And a whole bunch of other things. I'm not demeaning this. I I rock with Channing Tatum. But God only knows, I bet you he made between 50 and 75 to $100 million off of these Magic Mike franchises. Slinging that dick. I wish I could do that. You know how good of a dick slinger you have to be to make not one Not two, but three movies that people come out in droves to see. My man Chan Tatum, he's that dude. He's dancing, he's sweating. He did one, he had a gimp mask on. He don't care. And the women go nuts. I can see why. I wish I could do all that. Floating, he's doing it all. He's doing water. Anyway, my wife... Before the game, she went with her girlfriends out in Brooklyn, Park Slope, or I don't know where the hell they went, the movie theater out there somewhere in Brooklyn. And it was like, a, I'm telling you, it's like a religious, like a trek 
we're going to see. Like, you guys can watch the Super Bowl. We're going to see Magic Mike. And they went, and my wife came back, and she was turned up, turned up, and turned on. Magic Mike had her lit. This is in the middle of the day. God only knows what would happen as she went to go see Magic Mike uh, after sunset. Who the hell knows? She might not have came home. This dude, Channing Tatum, when he says Magic Mike, yo, he, he's throwing that magic dust on you. The ladies love this dude. She's like, show me this. She's like, watch this. Show me the trailer. She goes, you, you, they didn't even show this in the trailer because they can't show it. I go, well, what do you mean? Is he naked? She goes, no, they just can't show it. I go, well, what happened? Did he fuck Selma Hyatt? Like, well, what happened? She goes, no, they just can't show it. It's too much. I go, too much? What are you talking There's you porn. Like, what do you mean? She goes, I'm telling you, it's just too much. She was turned on, turned on and turned up. Like, I'm sure everybody that went to go see Magic Mike was. She goes, you should see it. I go, I'm good. I saw Magic Mike one. Like I said, I don't need, I, I know what he does. He's doing all that. He's doing all that. He's doing it all. Slinging dick without even, yo, Channing Tatum is slinging dick without even have to sling dick. He's that dude. But the Super Bowl happened. We know what happened. My homeboy, the Chiefs, they beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And I'm going to tell you something about the Philadelphia Eagles fans. There's footage. Did you see the footage? Of the Philadelphia Eagles fans riding, because that's what it is. When you're flipping cars over, that's riot. The Philadelphia Eagles fans were riding before the game. Look at the footage. Now, need I not mention that the majority of these riders are white. Because we know it would have happened had, that's got to be a thousand people flipping a car over. It's got to be a thousand people videotaping it. Somebody's going to jail. But if this had been that many black people flipping a car over, yo, they would have put some sort of cherry bombs, gas bombs. I don't know what they use on Batman and Robin. Smoke bombs, something. This is before the game started. They were flipping cars over and going ham. And that's why I'm glad you guys lost. You knew Neanderthals, you, you animals. And, and I'm, I'm not going to call you savages because somehow being called a savage is like a good thing now. You're cavemen. And I don't even know if these people, I, I don't know the dynamics and the map of Philadelphia. Are these people actually from the city of Philadelphia or are they from the burbs? I don't know. And I, I'll tell you something. I love the city of Philadelphia. I've talked about it a lot. But the Philadelphia Eagles fans themselves, these animals, not only did they flip a car over and riot before the Super Bowl started, they booed Dak Prescott when he got the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. I get it. He's on the Dallas Cowboys. The guy got the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award for doing so much work in the community, doing so much work with charity. And when I say so much work in the community, I don't mean flipping cars, you fucking animals. And you boo them. The Philadelphia Eagles fans booed Dak Prescott before the Super Bowl when they announced him as the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. That goes up there with booing Kobe Bryant 
at the All-Star Game in Philadelphia and right up there with throwing snowballs at Santa Claus. I mean, the list goes on and on and on about these Gavones in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Eagles fans who are just one notch above who? Boston Red Sox fans. That's the bottom of the barrel. And then we get the Philadelphia Eagles uh, fans. But I got to start thinking. I got to crunch numbers about incidents. I mean, the Cleveland Cavalier fans were so whacked out of their tree when they won that championship that a guy ate horse shit. I mean, the team won. You're happy. Why are you eating horse shit? The team won. Why burn the city down? I don't, I don't understand this. This is not fandom. This is, this is something else. I don't know what this is. This is sickness. I don't understand. I don't, I, don't, I don't get that. Why, if the Cleveland Cavaliers won the game, would you decide to eat horse shit on the street? Why, before the game, are you flipping over? That poor guy's... Someone's getting... You know what's good about this? The dummies that are on that car, flipping that car... Couple of y'all are going to jail. That won't stop these animals. Nothing will stop them. Again, shout out to Philadelphia and the Philadelphia, uh, the great people of Philadelphia. I could go on and on about the the significance of Philadelphia to me. I've said it once. I don't have to do it again. But the game itself was great. My wife, before before she went to go see Magic Mike sling that dick, my wife made me some. Vegan nachos. So I had a big bowl of vegan nachos. I stuffed my face real nice and real proper. We watched the game. Game comes on awfully late in in New York. I feel like the game should start a little earlier. The game started at 6.30. Riri came out about 8.15. Flate. I want Riri to come out about 7. 8.15 is late. But let me talk about Riri. Oh, the controversy. The controversy over Rihanna. First of all, uh, she has said she's pregnant. Immediately you could tell that something was going on. What can I say about Riri? What can I say about Riri? First of all, she came out there in a day and age when everybody has guests. When great rappers can't put out an entire album without this guest, that guest. I don't know when the last greatest rapper of all time has put out an album without a guest coming out there. Last year, the Super Bowl was sick. Snoop Doggy Dog, Dr. Dre, Eminem, 50 Cent, Kendrick Lamar. Of course, Dr. Dre, he needs guests because he's a producer. But Riri came out there with a bun in the oven Dolo. She came out there, pregnant, dolo on the mic. No guess, no hoopla, no skin, no fancy this, no TNA, and killed it. And some people are like, oh, well, she lip sank. Whitney Houston lip sank when she did the national anthem. Everybody that performs during the Super Bowl lip syncs. It's a technical thing. You don't think The weekend, Beyonce, Lady Gaga, 
Madonna and all them lip sync. They all lip sync. Whitney used it for her iconic national anthem. She lip sync. I don't know why or how it works, but they have to have a backtrack doing it. She looked, let me tell you something. When Rihanna started her performance and she looks down, she's got those green slash brown eyes. People are discussing, are eyes green? Are they brown? Nobody knows. Nobody cares. They're like diamonds in the sky. But do you know how cool, charismatic, and confident you have to be to start your performance with just a smile and you have the entire world enraptured? That's what she did. She started it with just a smile. That's Riri. Like, oh, she wasn't singing all. Nobody sings all by themselves. Riri is the Fonzie of female pop singers. She's a cool ass motherfucker. She was out there by herself. There was no DJ Khaled, thank God. No disrespect to DJ Khaled. There was no Drake. There was no Jay-Z. There was no J. Cole. There was no Big Baby, Little Baby, Little Yachty, Little Uzi, Little Uzi Vert. None of them. She did it by herself. Dolo with a bun in the oven. Who else could do that? And then, and then the conservatives are like, well, she touched her crotch and she smelt it. And I bet you it smelled like roses. These Fox News Breitbart. Laura Ingram, what's her name, Kelly McCain, you're upset because she crotch grabbed and she sniffed it? You're just mad because you don't smell like Riri Roses. And these dudes that are upset, you're offended. These, these conservatives, oh, she mentioned a strip club. Oh, she grabbed her crotch. Was that offensive to you? You dress up with lipstick and pink pantyhose, and you go to cheap motels on the weekend, and we don't know what you do in there. And you're upset about Riri grabbing her crotch. And of course, and of course, slob dick Donald Trump, he had to get in on the act. Got the nerve and the, got the nerve and the audacity to insult my girl Riri. Why are you mad, Dick Stain Donald Trump? Because... ASAP Rocky, he's not kissing your ass for maybe or maybe not assisting him to get out of prison in Sweden. Did you think ASAP Rocky was going to go around Harlem with a with a bullhorn and be like, vote for Donald Trump, vote for Donald. You thought that was going to bring you some more of the black vote, you dummy. That's what you thought. You thought I'm going to get this little black kid out of prison and then I expect him to walk around Harlem and the Bronx with a bullhorn and campaign for me. That's never happened. He pimped you. ASAP Rocky pimped you, Dick Stain Donald Trump. Oh, yeah, you got pimped. So now you're taking it out on gorgeous Riri. On Truth Social. Yo, if you, if you really want to see what's going on with Pig Dick Donald Trump, go to Truth Social. I have a Truth Social app. I post all my Dick Stain Donald Trump rants on Truth Social. This guy's... I guess truthing, they're not tweeting. You ain't tweeting, Trump, because you're not allowed to go back on Twitter because of your deal with Truth Social. Otherwise, you'd be on Twitter. I know you're trying to figure out a way to break a contract with your own social media platform. I know you're struggling to figure out how can I tweet on Twitter and not get sued by my own social media platform. You're trying to figure it out. 
but all his his content on Truth Social is Ron DeSantis is this, Fox News is this. He hates Fox News. CNN is this. The ratings are terrible here. The ratings are terrible there. And then you got the audacity to go up there and say that Riri, without a stylus, she'd be nothing. She's bad at everything. What about your wife, homie? What about Tiffany? What about Ivanka? What about your wife? What was your wife doing before she came to this country? Talking about Rihanna needing a stylist and being bad at everything. What about your whiz? Huh? Miserable Melania, Les Miserables, who can't even make eye contact with you for more than a second. What does she look like without a stylist? What does Les Miserables, miserable Melania, what did she do in Russia before she came to this country? We all want to know. And then you watch the performance and you, you, you're probably just, just like, oh my God, dying at the beauty that is Rihanna, fawning over the beauty that is Rihanna. You're probably watching it with your two dumb sons, dummy number one and dummy number two. And you got the audacity after Riri gave her performance that she gave the worst halftime performance in Super Bowl history. Who, who, who do you want up there, Pig Dick Donald? You want... Kid Rock to go up there? Is that what you want? You want to see Kid Rock perform at next year's Super Bowl? Huh? What do you want, Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift's not rocking with you, Duke. Rihanna killed it. It smelled like roses. She's the best. And some people say, well, she hasn't put out music. Let me tell you something. Rihanna doesn't seem like the type of artist who's in dire need to produce and make art. And, I, and this is no disrespect. I'm one of those people. I got to keep going. I'm sick. I have a perpetual need. Beyonce, perpetual need. Nicki Minaj, perpe- Rihanna's like, yo, I made my money. I'm from Barbados. I got my Fenty makeup. I smoke my weed. I got a boyfriend slash husband. I don't know what ASAP Rocky is. I got one kid and I got another bun in the oven. I'm good. Plus, she just put out one song. It's nominated for an Academy Award. What more do you want from Riri? She did great. Dick Stain Donald Trump is a slob. And the Super Bowl was very fun. I am Rappaport Podcast. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Stereo, get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees, iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. on this I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. The big three in Brooklyn is over. The Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden experiment is over. To quote the great Biggie Smalls, that Brooklyn bullshit, you were on it. Oh yeah. It's done. Kyrie Irving is now in Dallas playing for the Dallas Mavericks. James Harden is, of course, long gone playing for the Philadelphia 76ers. And Kevin Durant is in Phoenix recovering from yet another injury and playing for the Phoenix Suns. It's over. It's done. You guys came to Brooklyn, ramshacked the joint. And finally, the Brooklyn Nets organization was like, enough. Enough. You know how much of a prick you have to be to get traded midseason? You drove everybody crazy. This is my dissertation on what happened with the Brooklyn Nets and how these two guys in particular, Kevin... Durant, who, by the way, Kevin Durant, who's going to cut your hair in Phoenix? Now you need to find a new barber in Phoenix. And the best barbers, especially for black men, are in Brooklyn, in New York City. Now you got to go to Phoenix and find somebody to deal with that bird's nest you have on top of your dome piece. Who is going to cut your hair in Phoenix, homie? Because we couldn't do anything with it in New York. You're in New York City. The fashion capital of the world. The greatest city on earth. And you couldn't find one barber that could fix that bird's nest on the top of your dome. Now you got to put some poor sucker to work in Phoenix. Good luck with that. The other day, Harden returned to Brooklyn for the first time as a member of the 76ers. And he said afterwards, James Harden, who's now living and playing under the radar because he's no longer at his peak, James Harden. He's playing under Joel Embiid, who's the star of that team. And he said, after the game in Brooklyn, after all the smoke had cleared, there was just a lot of dysfunction, clearly. There was a lot of internal things that I'm not going to ever say or put out in the media. That was one of the reasons why I chose to make my decision. James Harden... Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant 
They played a total of, was it six or nine games together? This is, it says there's injuries. Of course there's injuries. There's vaccines. There's all sorts of stuff. It was a joke. And then Harden goes, but fast forward to today, I don't look like the crazy one. Well, you do look crazy. You, you, you do look crazy. I don't look like the guy or the quitter or whatever. The media wanted to call me like I knew what was going on. And I just decided to like, you know, I'm not built for this. I don't want to deal with that. I want to play basketball, have fun and enjoy doing it. All these guys are making it seem like there was some crazy conspiracy going on in the front office of the Brooklyn Nets and not taking any responsibility. How did we get here? The Nets did plenty to keep Kyrie Irving happy. They went out of their way. They signed him to a four-year, $141 million deal. They got Kevin Durant while he was still hurt. Kevin Durant was recovering from the Achilles tear, and they gave him $40 million just to recover. Great talent. He deserves it. They also signed DeAndre Jordan to a regrettable $40 million deal that KD and Kyrie allegedly pushed for because they wanted their homie, DeAndre Jordan, playing for the Brooklyn Nets. Then, with their support, the Nets hired inexperienced Steve Nash after they fired Kenny Atkinson, who was doing a great job with the Nets. No one wanted to take responsibility. Why would they fire Kenny Atkinson? They were doing well. Oh, coincidentally, that's when Kyrie and Kevin Durant came. So they just fired him. I don't know. I just work here, right, Kevin Durant? Kyrie Irving? Irving played his first season without Kevin Durant. He got the shoulder injury. Then came the trade for James Harden nine games into the next season. And Brooklyn gave away everything. Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, who are doing really, really well in Cleveland. Well-liked, well-respected, no problems. Houston also received three unprotected first-round picks from the Nets. 2022, 2024, 2026. They gave away everything for you guys. Whatever you guys wanted, they gave it away. Whatever we could have to have these three losers. That season was by far Kyrie Irving's best season with the Nets. Remember, that's the season. That's the series where they got bumped out by Giannis and Kevin Durant because he hadn't gotten a Manny Petty because his toe was on the line. Kyrie made the All-Star game. They lost to Brooklyn. Brooklyn went on to win the championship. Harden and Irving were both hurt during the playoffs with Irving not joining the Nets until December and Durant was injured in January. The Nets got only two games out of their big three that season. Two games, two games they played together. Can you believe that? The next season is when things went off the rails. That's when Kyrie didn't want to take the vaccine. Didn't play in any home games. The Nets finally decided not to play Irving at all because you can't just play the home games. We can't play you in Cleveland but not bring you home the next night. You got to sit out all the games because you're causing enough chaos. And I'll say this about Kyrie Irving, uh, Kevin Durant, And James Harden, these are the things that we know about. There's so many things that have been covered up by the press, sorry, by the Brooklyn Nets. The supposedly Brooklyn Nets front office, it's so dysfunctional. There's a laundry list of things that these guys have done that they've gotten away with that nobody's talking about. 
And then last year at the trade deadline, James Harden hit the eject button and was traded to Philadelphia for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks. Between all that, the injury woes, the Nets, remember this, got swept in Boston. Got swept by Boston. I was at game four in the first round. I was there. They did not want to play anymore. They submitted. They gave up. Then in the offseason, Kevin Durant wants a trade. Kyrie Irving wants a trade. Neither of them could get traded. It's been a shit show since they got here. Then, of course... Kyrie Irving tweets out about a documentary with a fake quote from Adolf Hitler. He also shared a conspiracy video from kooky Alex Jones. And then Kyrie Irving somehow became a martyr because the the Nets... Can you imagine if a white player put out a documentary saying something about slavery wasn't real? He'd be gone. They treat you the same way they treated Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving's not a victim. Yes, he does a bunch of things off the court. Yes, he donates a lot of money, but then he screws it up by talking. Just do. Just do, because you're not good at talking. When you talk, when you tweet, that's when you get into trouble. And then finally last week, Kyrie Irving demanded to be traded, wanted to go to the Lakers, and the Nets owner said, no, no, no. So they sent him to Dallas for Spencer Didwinney, Dorian Finney-Smith, Pick after pick after pick. For all his trouble, 143 regular season games played out of a possible 279 playoff games with one playoff win. One playoff win. That's what the big three Brooklyn bullshit got. And then a few days later, Kevin Durant was sent to Phoenix because Kevin Durant asked for a trade, allegedly. I know Kevin Durant will never say he asked for a trade. He likes to do things behind closed doors. He asked for a trade. You don't just trade Kevin Durant in the middle of the season uh, out of nowhere. And they got a bunch of good players back in Brooklyn. Mikael Bridges, Cameron Bridges. Bunch of draft picks. Good guys. And what does Kyrie Irving do as soon as he gets to Dallas? It's the dysfunction in Brooklyn. It's this. It's the front office. They did everything you wanted to do. They fired Kenny Atkinson. They brought in Steve Nash. You, Kyrie Irving, said, we don't need a coach. I'll be the coach some nights. Kevin Durant will be the coach some nights. Then they fired Steve Nash. They brought in Jock Vaughn, black coach, getting his first opportunity, and you still run fucking wild. You run wild on Jock Vaughn. And I guarantee you, Jock Vaughn is like, good, I'm glad these fucking guys are gone. He's got good guys that want to be in New York, quality guys. Everybody likes Mikhail Bridges. Everybody likes Spencer Dinwiddie. And this is a team that could build and stop trying to skip the line with these big three, the circuses. They're a deep team, the Brooklyn Nets. And I'll tell you another thing. Phoenix ain't winning the championship this year. And Dallas Mavericks ain't winning the championship this year. And Kyrie Irving will not sign a long-term contract with the Dallas Mavericks because Luka, his stats are going to go down. Kyrie Irving will do something to screw it up. And just because you behave like a professional for three or four months does not mean you are trustworthy to get a long-term contract deal with the Dallas Mavericks.
I'm glad they're gone. I'm glad Brooklyn finally has some players that want to be there, some good guys that can embrace and appreciate what it's like to play in the, in the greatest city on earth, in one of the coolest boroughs. It's Brooklyn, New York. You're young guys. That's sexy. That's dope. Kyrie Irving's walking home after his first game with the Dallas Mavericks, walking home with the fans. You didn't do that in Brooklyn. You're just a man of the people. Why you didn't do that in Brooklyn? You're from Jersey. You never walked home with the fans of Brooklyn, but you did it your first night in Dallas. Faking jacks, man. You're a jack faker, to quote the great De La Soul. You're faking jacks because you're a jack faker. Bye-bye. See you later. You're not winning a championship. New York deserves better. I am Rapport Stereo Pikes. I'm done. Came, saw, disrupted. Came, saw, and I disrupted. Oh, yeah. Miles Jordan, a.k.a. the Bleach Brothers. Take me out here with something real nice, yes? Take me out here with something real loud, yes? But most importantly, take me out here with something real funky. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Tell a friend to tell a friend. I'm out. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L. S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.